Oh, this feels quite... There we go. <laughs> a bit tall. Um, hi, everyone. It's really, really good to be here. Um, well, almost anything is more comfortable than sitting on the front row at church, am I right? <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, my name is Jess. I am fairly new to St. Aldate's. I've just been here since last summer. Um, and I, I work for a Christian mission agency. Um, we, our, heart, our vision is to see churches, multiplying churches, um, planted and disciples making disciples in parts of the world where there is little to no access to the gospel, what we call um, reaching unreached people groups. Um, and my role is in raising up and encouraging people into that, into overseas work. Um, and I have a really challenging message to bring today. I groaned inwardly at the Lord when I felt he was placing it on my heart on that small topic of suffering. So I'm going to start with reading the verses I'm focusing on, which are verses 18 and 19. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Um, I was actually reflecting on my theology of suffering a couple of weeks um, before being given this passage, so it's a very topical um, and relevant thing for me to be looking into, um, and I haven't figured it all out, but it's been really helpful. Uh, I'm surrounded by people in my community where I work, um, who are working overseas, who really get what it means to die to self. They live sacrificially. Um, sometimes I hear stories of their struggles. Um, occasionally unimaginable hardships. And this has really been challenging me. I may be living in my kind of cozy corner of Oxford, a very different lifestyle, um, and certainly not facing the same risks and challenges that some of them may be. But I'm thinking, if I accept the same gospel, if I preach Christ crucified, and if I'm obeying Jesus with the same fervor as they are, Surely I shouldn't expect to avoid suffering too. I should even be expecting it, rejoicing it, rejoicing in it even, and it should be spurring me on. I pray that something of today will help you to yeah, feel spurred on as well. So I have two points. Firstly, that um, suffering for the sake of the gospel is an absolute guarantee. I should state that I'm not going to go into the why of suffering. Um, I don't have time for that this evening, so I've kind of dodged that bullet. Um, and I do have my thoughts on it. Um, but I'm going to take this from the assumption that we all know and accept that suffering is part and parcel of living in this world today because sin exists and that God has, uses it as part of his plan for us. I'm sure we can all attest to um, hardships, especially over the last year and a half. Um, and I really pray that God has been meeting you deeply in your needs. I don't know if you've ever heard the gospel presented in a way that describes Jesus only as a doorway to blessing, abundance, fullness of life, all really good things and absolutely part of the gospel that we preach. But it leaves out something very critical. If we look at the previous verse in this passage I'm focusing on, um, verse 17, uh, it says, we are co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings. So suffering and persecution and hardship is actually a necessity for being a co-heir with Christ. This might look like judgment from others at work, um, rejection from friends, bullying, uh, could be sickness or natural disaster, loss of loved ones, poverty. 
If we don't recognize that these things come with following Jesus, we run the risk, I think, of losing our faith when things get really hard. What's it all for, God? Haven't I been prayerful enough, patient enough, faithful enough? Please don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about those times when uh, we ex- are experiencing doubt, uh, when we are crying out to God with our heartfelt struggles. Um, I'm speaking of the kind of conscious and deliberate walking away and turning our back on Jesus because things are not as easy as we thought they would be. Because the thing is that we don't serve a transactional God. Instead, he calls us to share in the sufferings of Christ. I'd even say he has made it part of his strategy for missions so that we might be really powerful witnesses for Jesus. Matthew 10, verse 18, Jesus says, On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. The ESV version says, To bear witness to them. So the trials and the persecutions are a means of being a powerful witness of Christ, not just a result. We extend his love and his sufferings to the world through what Jesus has done for us. I mean, that's amazing. And my second point is that it's all tied to glory. This suffering is so important, the trials and the hardships that we go through, because it's it's incomparable with the glory that comes with it, Paul says. In verse 18, our sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So is this God's glory or is it our glory? Um, I believe it's both. First and most importantly is God's glory. It always is. Our reason for being, for worshiping, for doing missions is all for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think that can feel a little bit ethereal, a little bit hard to pin down. What does it look like to rejoice in the glory of God? Um, And I think if that's something that you struggle with, my encouragement is to pray and ask God to reveal more of his majesty, more of his holiness, more of his gloriousness to us to help us understand what it means to just live our all for him. I find it such a relief when um, I end up thinking so much more of God and much less of myself when I do that. But these verses 18 to 19 also speak of God glorifying us, I think. The creation waits, it says in verse 19 in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. We're the children of God, those of us who know and follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. So just as we enter into Jesus' sufferings, so we will enter into his glory. We will be revealed as faithful ones when the end comes. I want you to take heart and be encouraged because your hardship as a follower of Jesus counts for something incredible. It is not worthless. It will bring both glory to God, and in turn, God will also glorify us. I want to leave us today with a challenge and an encouragement. And firstly, please don't hear me that following Jesus uh, is all doom and gloom. Um, It's not, it's an adventure, um, and it comes with all the highs and the lows that adventure brings. It is freedom, it is light, it is life, it is messiness, closeness with God, persecution from the world. But my challenge is, what are you not stepping into or what are you holding back from serving in God's kingdom in order to avoid suffering? I'm not saying go and do something stupid to go out and look for it. 
but can we be released into greater effectiveness for God's kingdom if we are not trying to shy away from it? And then I'll leave you with an encouragement that we are not doing this alone. God is for us, not only with us, but for us. Verses 26 and 27 in this passage say that the Holy Spirit is actually interceding for us in accordance with the will of the Father. The most powerful being in the universe is praying for us. That's incredible. He sees our struggles and he comes to our aid. That's why we still pray for healing, for peace, for provision. We can't possibly understand the economy of prayer, why God sometimes says yes, sometimes says no, sometimes says maybe or wait. But we have to understand that prayer really changes things in the heavenly realms. God wants to see us winning the race marked out for us, and he will equip us for what we need to get there, for his glory.